We want to thank you today for joining us at Truth Chapel's podcast. I pray this word would bring you life. I pray that it would edify you, encourage you, and enlighten you. If you have a moment, please subscribe and leave us a review. We will be so grateful. God bless and let this word speak to your heart. As you remain standing, I would like you to turn your attention to the book of Isaiah and chapter 9. Book of Isaiah, chapter 9. Just a quick reminder um, classes are not being dismissed today, Sister Alicia, correct? Classes are not being dismissed, okay? Isaiah, chapter 9, and beginning in verse 6. Isaiah 9 and 6. When you have it, just shout, I got it. I want to read these verses here very carefully. Matter of fact, if you would today, something I'd never do, would you read with me today? Amen. On the count of three, let's read these scriptures together. Verse 6 and verse 7. One, two, three. For unto us child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called the mighty God, the prince of peace, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end, upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth. Even forever, the zeal of the Lord of the host will perform this. Amen. The church said amen. Amen. And you may be seated in his presence. This morning, for just a few moments, I would like to talk to us about a child is born, a son is given. A child is born, a son is given. Today is the eve of the celebration of the birth of a child. I will digress for a moment here and tell you that we are probably not correct in our calendar as to the actual day that Jesus was born. And there may be some who would argue that we should not celebrate because we do not know the day. However, we are not celebrating when he was born. We are celebrating that he was born. Amen. Today, my excitement is not when. My excitement is that. My excitement today and the glory that we give today is not when he was born. We give no glory to the day. We give no glory to when. We give glory to that he was born, that he came, that he appeared, that the prophecy was fulfilled. Today we celebrate that he was born. He was born. A child was born, given to us. A child is born. The Bible says, for unto us, unto me, unto you, 
unto the generations before and unto the generations after a child was born. Yes, and today we celebrate the eve and tomorrow there will be celebration that Christ was born. That babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, laid in a manger for the salvation of the world. He had to be born. For when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. Why? Why? This is in Galatians chapter 4 in your Bible. Why was he born? To redeem them that were under the law. We cannot lose sight of the redemption power of the birth of Jesus Christ. He came to redeem. Even in his name, Jesus, he shall save his people from their sins. Emmanuel, God with us. I want to reiterate today and to emphatically proclaim that God was Jesus and Jesus was God. The Bible will tell us very clearly and very emphatically in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that God, to wit, in verse 19 of 2 Corinthians verse five, chapter 5, verse 19, to wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself not imputing their trespasses unto them and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Let me tell you today, the gospel is a word of reconciliation. The gospel is a word of reconciling. The word is a gospel of reconciling. Reconciling means to exchange. That's what it means. It means to exchange. It's, the, it's, it's speaking of the business of money and money changers, equivalent values that God came to redeem. God came to reconcile. It's an adjustment of the difference. It's a reconciling or a restoration of favor. It is something of equal or lesser value, but an equal or greater value. When he came to reconcile the world, that babe in a manger, that child that laid in that manger, he came to reconcile the world. He came to give something in order to replace something because we know that the only liquid on the planet that can take away sin is blood for there is no remission of sin without blood and God needed blood so God came in Christ to wit God was in Christ the God was in the man there was a man a human that slept that ate that breathed, that lived, and that died, that man, Christ, was full of God. You say all of God was in him. I'm not saying all of God was in him. I'm saying that all that was God was in him. Brother Bill Davis from Macon, Georgia, would say it like this. If I took a cup and I dipped it in the ocean, the whole ocean would not be in that cup, but everything that is that ocean would be in that cup. Oh, hallelujah. 
He was God manifesting the flesh. God wrapped in wrapped not just in swaddling clothes but wrapped in manhood wrapped in humankind wrapped in Adam he is the second Adam the first Adam lost our place and the second Adam would redeem our place reconcile our place get it back he came to save that which was lost oh hallelujah yes he came to reconcile, for unto us a child is born. He was everything he needed to be in that manger. He was everything we needed him to be. He was everything he needed to be in that manger. The babe, unto us a child is born. But the story does not stop there because it was more than just a child born, but it was a son given. For unto us a son is given. Today there are two things that happened on Christmas Day. On Christmas Day a child was born, yes. But also a son was given. We cannot preach about the child that was born and not preach about the son that was given. Hallelujah. Some of you are looking at me like I'm crazy right now. What are you talking about, Pastor? Are you saying there's two... Things happening? Yes, there's two things happening, but there's those two things are happening in one person. He is the child that was born, but he is also the son that was given. Yeah. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You cannot preach about the crib and not preach about the cross because the child that was born whose crib was a manger, that child that was born is also the son that was given. A son was given to us. The son of God, the son of the living God was given to us as a recompense. As a redeemer, yes, blood had to be shed. He was given. You see, he could have died in that manger, could have given his life. Herod could have found him and threw him into a pit, given him to ravenous wolves, burned him in a fire. Many things could have happened to him. However, he wanted to live among us. He wanted to walk in mankind's shoes. He wanted to feel what we felt. Now, hallelujah. If you know anything about the high priest of Hebrews, then you know that we do not have a high priest that has not been touched with the feeling of our infirmity. It's not that he knows the infirmity. It's that he knows the feeling of the infirmity. Oh, hallelujah. He, he did not just want to experience the pain, but he wanted to experience what it felt like. He wanted to know how we felt. So instead of the baby, the child born in a manger, there was a something given, a man that walked among us, that lived and breathed and felt what we feel. He was touched with the feeling of our infirmity because he wanted to know what it felt like to lose, what it felt like to win, 
what it felt like to have nothing and what it felt like to have everything. Not only did he feel our weakness and feel our pain, but he also felt what it felt like to be worshipped. He did not want to just feel our obscurity, but he wanted to feel fame. He did not want to just feel our downs, but he wanted to feel our ups. He wanted to feel what it felt like when everybody was against you, but also feel what it felt like when everybody was for you. Oh, hallelujah. He experienced obscurity, and he experienced popularity. Oh, hallelujah. He wanted to know what it felt like on good days and know what it felt like on bad days. He wanted to know what it felt like when your friends stayed close, and he wanted to know what it felt like when your friends betrayed you. He wanted to know what it felt like to be in and out, to be loved and hated. <coughs> he wanted to feel. So not only was a child born, but a son was given, given to us, a gift, the gift of new life, the gift of eternal life, not just new life, but the gift of eternal life, the gift of grace and mercy, not fairness, because if he was fair, we'd all be dead, but he's not fair. He's not fair. He's just. Yeah. Mercy isn't fair. Favor isn't fair. Grace isn't fair. Grace says, even though you did what you did, I love you anyway. And mercy says, even though you paid the toll, you don't have to cross this bridge. I'll cross it for you. He said, by his stripes, ye are healed. His, your chastisement was upon him. He carried your weight. You don't have to carry it. There's people in this room today who are carrying trans transgressions and iniquity and chastisement and anxiety and depression and you are carrying something that you do not have to carry. He carried it for you already. Oh, hallelujah. Can I preach to you about the great exchange? He said, I came to exchange. I came to reconcile. I came with the spirit of reconciliation. I will take your ashes and I will give you beauty. I will take your heaviness and I will give you a garment of praise. I will take your sin and I will give you hope. I will take your darkness and I will give you light. I will take your depression and I'll give you peace. I'll take your disease and I'll give you wholeness. I will take your pain and I will give you life. I'll take your darkness. I'll take your woundedness. I'll take your brokenness. I'll take your hurt. I'll take your betrayal and I will give you joy unspeakable and full of glory. A son was given he paid the ultimate price. He was given. There was an exchange. 
It's not just a child born. It's not just about a manger, but it's about a cross where the great the great exchange transpired on a hill far away. Stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And how I love that old cross where my dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. There is a great exchange today. Hallelujah. Tomorrow, many of us will exchange gifts for gifts. We'll give and we'll, we'll be given to. We'll give and we will, we will receive. There will be a great exchange. However, there will be some of us today that we will give. There's a lot of parents in this room today. You're going to give hundreds of dollars. You're going to buy PlayStation 5s and bikes. And you're going to buy uh, four-wheelers and basketball goals. And you're going to give, give, give. And you're going to get a coffee mug. <laughs> World's best dad. You're going to give hundreds and hundreds, maybe even thousands of dollars. And you're going to get a tie that you don't even like. It's going to happen. And when it happens, think of me. Pastor's a prophet. But imagine that exchange. When he took, I gave him my worst. <laughs> he gave me his best. I gave him raggediness and roughness. I gave him anger and betrayal. I gave him my sin. And he, in exchange, gave me eternal life. <laughs> oh, we were not worthy. There's nothing that we could give today. This king's gift was beautiful today to see everybody come and give their gift, but there's nothing you can wrap. There's nothing you can put in a box. There's nothing you could put a bow on that would equate or even try to quantify what God gave to you. You can never give back what he's already given to you. All you have to do is say, Lord, I give you myself. I give you my all. I will be the sacrifice of praise. I will be the sacrifice of glory. I'll give you my life I'll give you my ups I'll give you my downs I'll give you my brokenness and he said I'll give you love I'll give you life I'll give you liberty I'll give you happiness I'll give you a family I'll give you a church that you can come to and stand with the brothers and sisters I'll give you something that you can never give me back but it's the great exchange because a son was given I'm almost finished. A perfect lamb for an imperfect world. A perfect sacrifice for imperfect people. Today if we got the calculator of life, we put in all of our goodness, we put in all of our righteousness and all of our works, it would always equal filthy rags when he puts in his. He came gave us a body. He became flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1 and 1, John 1 and 14, and the Word became 
flesh. He became flesh. He became you and he became me because a son was given. He gave us. No matter what we do this weekend, no matter what we do tomorrow, no matter what we do for the rest of 2023, every one of us need to realize that we were given something that we can never repay. A son was given and a son is still being given. Everything that God has is still available for you today. God is not taking it off the shelf. It never runs out. It's never out of stock. It's never stuck on a boat somewhere between here and China. It's always available. Every day, every hour, every second, every minute, it's available. It's available for you today. You say, well, Pastor Chavis, my life is shambles and, and, and I'm, no, I'm no good and you don't know what I've been through and you don't know what I've done and you don't know my story and, and here's the deal, I don't need to know your story. I don't need to know what you've done. I don't need to know your past because I know him and I know his story. And there's nothing you can do today. There's nothing you could have done that God cannot exchange. Today, God is just looking for people who will say, if a child is born and a son is given, then I'll give. I'll give myself. I, I will bring myself to the altar. I will bring myself to the exchange. What do you have to give today? Nothing but you. The, really, the only thing that you own today, the only thing that God wants from you today is you. He wants your heart, your mind, and your soul. This is one of the greatest commandments. Oh, the greatest commandment is... Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and might. That's it. That's what God wants from you today. Your heart, your soul, and your might. Your heart, your conscience, your human conscience, your soul, your spiritual man, the spiritual soul, and your might. All of your talent, ability, and power, God wants that. And he said, if you give me that, I'll give you everything. I'll give you eternal life. God is not a genie in a bottle that we can pull out of the sand today and rub and get three wishes. That's not how he works today. He's not a mythical creature who can be accessed through some special open sesame or abracadabra. But what he is today is a God who loves you and who is accessible to you. The only thing you have to do, the only requirement from you is that you come to him. That's it. You come. 
well, you know, Pastor, I would come to the Lord, but you know, I got to get some things right, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna square away a few things. I'm gonna dot some eyes. I'm gonna cross some T's, and you know, when I get everything just right, I'm gonna come. That's not how God works. He says, "Come, just as you are." He ain't gonna leave you that way. He gonna change you. Yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna do some operation on you. He's going to cut some things off. He's going to add some things. But you just come. You cannot get clean and come to him. You come to him and he cleans you up. You cannot put all your ducks in a row and make sure everything is just right before you come to him. Matter of fact, the worse you come, the worse you come, the better you can see his hand. The worse you come with the most problems and the most trouble and the most trial and the most tribulation, that's when you can really see him at work. Here's how Jesus would say it. He said, do the healed need a doctor? He said, do the, do the saved need a savior? No, no, no. Do, do the rich need money? No. So he's, I'm not here for the healed and the whole and the perfect. I'm here for the one who needs the healing because I'm the great physician. I'm here for the one who was broken because I am the potter that'll put them on the wheel again. Uh, yeah. He said, I'm, I'm here for the ones who are in darkness because I am the light of the world. There is no brokenness that he cannot fix. There is no wound that he cannot heal. There is no disease that he cannot touch. For a child is born, but a son is given a sacrifice. We cannot preach about Christmas and not preach about the cross. He gave his life. He gave his life so that we might be free. He stretched his arms in between two thieves, right in the middle of two thieves. I'm always interested about how God always likes to work in the middle. In the middle of chaos, that's where you will find God. Right in the middle. And in the middle of this holiday season, if you will look, you will find Jesus. Right in the middle of the hustle and the bustle and the turkey and the ham and the laughs and the card games. And if you're as lucky as I am, some good collard greens. Right in the middle of all that, Jesus is right there. Because he does his best work in the middle. The tree was in the middle of the garden the Bible says it was in the midst of the garden but that word midst in the original is middle it was in the middle of the garden the tree of life was in the middle even if you go and look at Moses the Bible says that God spoke from the midst of the bush but that word midst there again is middle he spoke to the middle <clears throat> right in the middle 
God does his best work right in the middle. When the children of Israel would set up camp, God would put the tabernacle in the middle. And all of the Israelites would camp in almost like a clock fashion around the tabernacle in the middle. Right in the middle. God does his best work right in the middle. And if we're not careful, we will go this holiday season and miss what's in the middle. We'll miss what's the center point, the, the, the counterweight, that, that middle moment, that middle moment where God is trying to speak to you and God is trying to speak to me. <coughs> that there was a child born and that there was a son who was given. When you're opening up gifts tomorrow morning and hopefully you guys are like us and take a moment out before you do any kind of giving, any kind of Christmas activity and you read the Christmas story. Maybe, maybe when you're done reading Luke chapter 2 and you get down there to the Christmas moments, you'll flip over to the end of Luke and you read where they put a crown of thorns on his head. Maybe after you're done reading about the shepherds and the angels who cried, glory, glory. You flip on over there to the end where they beat him with a reed and they sped upon him, slapped him and mocked him. Maybe in the middle of reading about the three wise men who came with frankincense, gold, and myrrh. You flip on over there to the end where they put that myrrh on the end of a sponge and gave it to him when he cried, I thirst. Maybe when you read about those wise men who brought him gold and purple and a robe for a king. You'll flip on over there to the end and you'll read where they put a robe on him, a purple robe, and they said, we're putting this on you because you say you are the king of kings. You say you are the king of the Jews. And maybe while you're thinking about those wise men setting that robe upon that baby, maybe in that moment you can see the Roman soldiers casting lots over the robe on Calvary's heel. Maybe today we can realize that it's more than just a child born, but it's a son given an exchange given to me for me, given to you for unto us a son is given. He came to stand in the gap to pay the price that only he could pay to redeem them that were under the law. Why? Why would he redeem us that were under the law? That we might receive the adoption of sons. Oh, yeah. You see, today, I'm not a Jew. No, sir. Native American. 
Oh, yeah. We just had my holiday a couple weeks ago. We celebrated how they came and took our land. Not a Jew. But I'm adopted. Yes, sir. When I went down in the name of Jesus and received the gift of the Holy Ghost, I became adopted. Because God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, thou art, no, thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. I'm an heir of God. Through what? Through Christ. Through Christ. Through the son. I am adopted. I'm a child of God. And the only way I can say I'm a child is because a son was given. I'm an heir of God through Christ, through his blood, through his sacrifice, through the cross, through his wounds, through his stripes. I can be a son. You can be a son. You can be a daughter of God. Be adopted into the family. Grafted in, the Bible would say. Grafted in. Uh, I'm grafted in today because a son was given through Christ. Yeah. We cannot forget about that man, Christ Jesus. As we celebrate the baby, we have to celebrate the man. As we celebrate Christmas, we must celebrate the cross. Because there is but one God. There's only one God, Timothy would tell us. There's only one God and one man. Oh, hallelujah. I don't mean to mess with nobody's theology today, but hear what the preacher's saying. I'm in the word. If I get out of the word, somebody come and trip me, pull my coat. But I'm in the word today. There is one God and one man. The mediator between God and man. The man, Christ Jesus, a son, was given. He bled. He died. He was wounded. He was betrayed. He was hurt because a son was given. A child is born. Merry Christmas. A son was given. Merry cross. Merry Calvary. We're going to say Merry Christmas. We got to say Merry Calvary because yes, a child was born, but a son was given. He was given to bleed. He was given to die. He was given over as a recompense. He was given over as a reconciliation. There was an exchange made and my sin was washed away and behold, all things have become new because there was a son given you stand with me today I gotta stop I, I get excited when I preach about Jesus I get excited when I, when I think about that man who was like me tempted like me tried like me the Bible says he was tempted in all points like as we yeah it brings me closer to the cross it brings me closer 
to understanding that it's more than just a babe in a manger, but it's a man hanging on a cross. Surely this was the Son of God. Surely, surely, surely he has paid for our sins. He has reconciled the world unto himself. He has given himself unto us. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor. Oh, I thank God for the counsel, advice, wisdom. The mighty God. That's what the son will be called. A son was given, and, and, and here is what the son will do. The government will be upon his shoulders. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. It shall not end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. 700 years. That's the time between Isaiah writing Isaiah... Isaiah chapter 9 and the birth of Christ over 700 years. There's an interesting verse in the Bible and it says this. It says, a day to the Lord is like a thousand years. Okay? A day to the Lord is like a thousand years. Go to Genesis chapter 1. All the way to Genesis chapter 1. God says, let there be light. Right? And there's light. There's light day 1. There's light day 2. There's light day 3. But on the fourth day, he says, I will separate the light into two lights. One for the day, one for the night. So now on the fourth day, we have the creation of the sun. Day one, day two, day three, there's no sun. There's no moon. It's just light. It's just ambient light because God is light. And when God says, let there be, there has to be. And it's amazing that scientists are now discovering that the universe is expanding. Right now, it's expanding. Guess how fast it's expanding? 186,000 miles per second, which is the speed of light. Because when God said, let there be light, it ain't stopped. Day one, day two, day three, no sun. Day four, there is a sun. Now we can see the sun. And the sun gives us light. The sun gives us light in the day. And now we know, because science has told us, that the sun even gives us light at night because it reflects off the moon. The moon is a mirror. And so as the sun reflects off the moon, it gives us light at night. We have light in the day. We have light at night. God has set all this up because of the circadian rhythm. We are awake during the day. We are asleep at night. 
enough light to wake us up in the day and just enough light to help us sleep at night. The release of melatonin in your body connects with your circadian rhythm. You understand it. And if you've ever worked night shift, you know it'll mess you up. Because you ain't made to be working at night. Because God has put it all in place. There's three days with no sun and on the fourth day. But if a day is a thousand years to the Lord, a thousand years, one thousand, two thousand, three thousand, that would be three days to the Lord, four thousand, the birth of Christ. Three thousand years, we had light through his word, but no sun. And on the 4,000th year, the birth of Christ, now we can see the sun. He gives us light in the day, and he gives us light at night. They went 3,000 years with nothing to look at. It was just light, the light of God's word, the light of prophecy as God spoke through men. But now, 4,000 years, four, on day four, God came and he indwelled flesh and we have a son a son is given and now we can see him the Bible says we see him in all his glory and it's been 2,000 years since Christ was born so guess what day we're on right now day 6 and he said this is the rest that I spoke to Abraham I told Abraham I will give my people rest so, so what are you saying? I'm saying get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. The day's breaking on day seven. I said the day is breaking. The sun is about to shine again. And this will be the rest that God spoke about. Oh, hallelujah. I know I got deep on you there at the end of that message. I apologize. I didn't mean to go too deep on you. But hear me. A child is born. Merry Christmas. But a son is given. Mary Calvary. Maybe that'll be something new we say around here. Merry Christmas, Mary Calvary. Because you can't preach about Christmas without preaching about the cross. Yes, a child is born, but a son is given to me. Not just to me, but for me. If you're glad today about that precious gift, would you just lift your voice? Come on, you ought to praise him and worship him. The sun is born. We got a sun. We can see the sun. We can see the sun. He gives us light in the day. He gives us light in the night. He orders my steps. We want to thank you again for joining us on the Truth Chapel podcast. May you have a blessed day and walk in the favor of the Lord.